Hello, I'm Tina Marie St. Cyr, and welcome to Light Your Life, the podcast. I believe our dreams have energy, calling, and purpose, and that when we move in their direction, our lives become even more joyful, fulfilled, and effortless. This podcast gives you insights to the strategies our guests use to overcome obstacles and manifest their dreams in business, career, relationships, and in life. Listen to find new levels of energy, perspective, and courage. Your journey to light your life begins now. Hello, it's Tina Marie, and I wanted to record a little shorty, as we call a spark um, podcast for you today. It's a conversation that goes on in my own mind and is evidenced in my life, and I thought it a good time to share what I wanted to talk through, and that is the understanding of love. It may sound like a pretty, you know, cut and dry topic, the word love, and isn't it so expansive at the same time? So through my journey of life, uh, love has taken many different forms, as I'm sure it has with, with you. And love is this, in my knowing, an essence, a connector, a glue, a cement, a a fabric, um, a thread that weaves in and out of our consciousness and our expression. And I challenged myself years ago to have love be not just something that threads in and out or possibly has an awareness from time to time, yet to use it as a coding for everything that I see, say, experience, believe, come in contact with. And it's been transformational back in this one period of my life where love seemed to not be there very often. It was a stretch. It was a challenge. It was, I was grabbing for love and, and hungry for love. I remember thinking that there was not enough in my life and wanting to know the source of it. How can I cultivate it? How can I create it? How can I be in relationship with people that are loving um, that love me, that I can love. And it was um, a bit of pain. It was suffering for me at that age of my life. And I was in my 30s. And I remember um, wanting to understand how to recreate the circle that I was amidst, like um, the people that were around me. I wanted to dive into greater conversation around um, spirituality, uh, compassion, contribution, understanding of humanity, and uh, coming from love, you know, at, at a baseline, coming from love. And I, I got myself into a bit of quagmire, you know, um, um, what I, I realized um, years later is that I dove into the desire for love, and at the same time, in judging things to not be of love, or to not contain love, or to not um, be willing to receive love, be it people in my life or experiences, then I was the holder of judgment. I was the holder of the judgment of the love in my life, uh, the love that wasn't in my life. And and then I started seeing from a different perspective is, am I creating my own reality of this? You know, so in the hunger for love, in the pursuit of love, in the wanting to be in a more loving relationship, in the wanting to have more loving friendships and, and people around and, and to be more loving of myself, was I at the helm of creating the dissonance of the lack of love because it's what I was feeling more than the actual absorption and presence of love. And it's, a, it's an interesting 
at least for me, it was an interesting perspective into myself and my own mental workings, emotional workings. And I started to step back. I said, you know, I need to take a break. I was like, um, I was really on this almost um, soapbox or a high and mighty um, type of pursuit uh, to prove that love is the answer to something, right? And uh, the more I forced, the more I pursued that perspective and that energy of it, the, the further away love seemed to be. So I hit the pause button on my own um, <laughs> way of being and um, my own path. And I need to give myself permission to simply be. And in so doing, breath seemed to have come back to my life. I remember um, doing something uh, every morning and it became my remedy. It became my therapy. And it was simply walking. I came into contact with a Buddhist uh, monk um, at a temple. And he was someone who walked every morning and uh, in contemplation, it seemed. And I asked him, you know, his practice of meditation. I wanted to know about his practice of meditation because I had this thought that, well, if I could learn how to meditate more deeply, then this belief of love in the world will actually flourish. It will come to me. I'll be more radiant in that. That was my belief system. So asking this monk of his daily practice of meditation, he responded, he said, I walk. And it didn't match my belief of what meditation was because I had this belief, or at least I was raised in these beliefs that meditation was sitting upon a tuft. It was um, being in stillness. It was um, watching breath. It was, um, you know, finding a place with no distractions. It was a place of, you know, concentrating energy and thought form into the center of the mind, which would be the pineal gland. It was, you know, seeking that energy source so they could radiate out. Uh, it was understanding chakra systems and, you know, dialing into those chakra systems and doing cleansing and things of that nature. And that was how I was raised in how to have meditative practice and meditation within my life. So here I am speaking to this uh, wonderful monk at this temple uh, here in the outskirts of the Houston area and asking him what is his meditative practice and his answer being I walk it did not match it blew my mind so he said you walk and you'll see and so I did I I picked up um, let's walk <laughs> and so uh, what came after that was what I have termed the walking meditation and I did so not um, walking for exercise or uh, aerobic, um, you know, results or getting a heartbeat up to a certain level. Uh, instead, I started walking with mindfulness, presence in my being where I'd walk and I'd feel my feet upon the ground. I'd feel the, the stretch of my toes, the, the feel of the arch hitting the ground, the curve of my foot, the lift. Um, I'd sense my calf muscles engaged, my knees as joints moving the leg forward and then the thigh muscles and the hips. Um, I, I started being more in connection with the actual mechanics, the biomechanics of my body and its propulsion of my body forward into time and space. Um, I also became more cognizant of my foot upon a space uh, in front of me that this 
time period, this foot that I embody now uh, is, is touching this part of the earth now. And that part of the earth has depth to it. So instead of just seeing um, the, the pavement that I was walking upon or the gravel sidewalk, um, that it had depth to it. And I would have resonance and appreciation and honor and gratitude for the, the beingness of my foot upon the earth. And I remember feeling this connection, uh, the more mindful and present I became with the walking and the movement of my being through time and space in this time and space with the birds that were chirping um, that I could hear and have presence with, the, the, the crickets and the frogs, and then the, the glimpse to the grass along the pathway. And then my mind would take me to the, the knowing of the dew that was being held by the fibers of the grass leaf um, there in the morning hours and the fog that was lifting and the, the presence of the air and the speed or the presence of the wind. Um, oftentimes on my walk, I would be so overwhelmed with the gratitude and the presence and the beauty of, of the power of that one moment. It would still my being and I would stand and I would take in through my eyesight and through my hearing and my sensory perceptions of the skin, the beauty and the sensory um, uh, influences and, and experiences all around me. Like I mentioned, the dew upon the grass. The, the beating. I remember that my consciousness got so refined in, in the nuance of this listening and this beingness with the all and the awe of the all, that I literally heard the beating of the bird's wings in slow motion, and I felt, and my body felt, and resonated with the beating of its heart, and my heart was in syncopation with the beating of the bird's heart that flew in front of me, and it was though its consciousness and my consciousness were one for that brief moment in an eternity. It brought tears to my eyes. I still remember it vividly to this day. And I'd, I'd walk on and, the, and I would sense this new perception and consciousness of a tree and the bark around the tree and the living breathingness and the propulsion of the tree itself uh, with the combination of itself and earth. This walking meditation became my meditation every single day. And even to this day, we're probably 23, 24 years hence, you know, um, I started this practice. Even walking from my bedroom to the laundry to go take laundry out of the washer and put into the dryer, the sense of my feet upon the floor, the sense of the floor being wood and that wood having been a tree, the sense of that tree having been a seed, the sense of that being loved and hugged by the earth, the soil around it, and, and the life essence and force that is everything that I'm walking upon. That is what had me learn what love truly is. Love is everything. Everything. So let's take an exercise, you and I together. Wherever you are right now, however you're listening to this podcast, however you're bringing this into your consciousness, let's pause. Take in your surroundings. If you're driving and listening, you're moving through time and space and there's surroundings happening with you, among you, um, around you. 
if you were walking, pause. If you're listening in any shape and form where you can sit and pause or stand and pause. Let's look around us and take in what you see ahead of you, around you. Right now, what I am seeing is my computer screen. I'm seeing my microphone. I'm seeing the Zoom screen that's reflecting myself back to me. I'm seeing a light ring that is illuminating my face so that I can not be sitting in the dark during the recording of this podcast. I am sitting at a table that is made of wood and it's round. I have um, chairs around me that are in either covered, have a desk, I have books. I have walls, I'm in an office space. I have paintings on my walls, artwork. I can see a box that I, I hold my thank you notes in. Anytime I receive a thank you note, I put it in a silver box. And on the front of that silver box, it has another card that says, um, evidence of love in my life. And anytime I'm thinking I do not have love in my life, I will go to that box, I'll pick it up, and I'll reread cards of thank you, uh, gratitude, love that came toward me to remind me. So wherever you are currently, and you see the things around you, we are going to go into the knowing of what these things truly are. They're more than things. My computer. My computer is the origination of thought. I have an Apple computer. This Apple computer came from origination of thought through Steve Jobs, communicated with Steve Wozniak and their teams in a garage. And the, the legacy of this computer is deep. However, the origination thoughts of this that came through Steve Jobs that he listened to and took action on and um, pursued came into Steve Jobs and his mind based on his curiosity and his love of things, his love of science, his love of the vision that was haunting him, yet he kept moving toward it. Its origination is love. Now, if we move through time and space to this computer, the people that design this computer have love in their life. They have children, they have spouses, they have family, they have themselves. They have their own pursuits and wants and dreams and desires. Their design here, their hands, their thoughts, their mindfulness, their presence, the meetings, their connection, everything that this computer is made of from its origination to even now, as Apple as a com community and a company is still progressing, is made of humans, and the humans are made of love. We all originate in love look at something else in your universe right now as you and I are sharing this conversation. Wherever you are, your car, the design of it, the thought of it, going back to the origination, everything is of love. Everything. The books you have, the clothes that you're wearing, the products that you use, the money in your wallet, the money in your bank account. Everything is originating first and fundamentally always from love. We must train ourselves. We must, especially in this time, day, and age, in this moment of time-space, to reach, seek, and envelop, embrace the knowing, absolute knowing, that all is of love. This table that I'm sitting at, 
the people that um, farm the trees, that cut down the tree. They don't cut down the tree because they're doing harm to the tree out of spite or meanness. They're doing it because it's going to become something. That becoming of something, the person that cut down the tree is taking the income that they have from their work and moving that into things that matter to them, be it individual needs and wants and desires, or their family, their want and their exchange in the world of their work to that tree is for and of love. This The design of this table came from a design where someone projected that vision, knew what it was going to be, executed, took action, and created. All creation, <coughs> excuse me, all creation is of love. In that encounter with the monk, in my curiosity of wanting to be a better meditator, as a response to the pain and suffering in my life where I did not believe I had enough love in my life, moving into the walking meditations where nature itself, the universe itself, life force itself, spoke in and through me and stilled me such that my consciousness was able to reflect back to me that everything here, the earth, the gravel, the dew on the grass leaf, the bark on the tree, the tree itself, the soil, my want, my desire to be closer to essence and life force and understanding, all of it, all of it is of love. It's the most powerful and, in fact, the only force in our life. We can scientifically look at the laws of gravity and things of that nature. I'm not speaking of laws. I'm speaking of force. And the force of love beats our hearts, runs our curiosities, and even in the painful parts of our life, what I absolutely know is that when we are in pain, such as anger, frustration, um, loneliness, guilt, resentment, fear, um, all of those things, anxiety, depression, all of them, it's not that love is void in that moment. It's that our looking upon it, toward it, embracing it, recognizing it, is not being stretched. We do have that free will to look in the opposite direction of love. We have that choice. So let's together create a desire, a want, an awareness, a mindfulness that today, and as long as our consciousness will allow, which would be a habit that we can cultivate daily, that we seek to see everything through the lens and the filter of love. That love is the force. You are love. I am love. Everyone around us is love. Even when their actions do not display love, that doesn't mean they are not of love. They have chosen not to look in the direction of love, cultivate love, have awareness of love, and utilize love as their force of guidance in their decision-making actions, words, deeds, thoughts, beliefs, being. Love is a force. It is the force. And now more than ever, I believe we are being called to connect with love. Daily, I have a practice now where I seek out a stranger, someone I do not know, someone who does not know me. 
and I seek to meet them eye to eye, to get to know who they are. And that's not just a mere hello or have a nice day. It's a stilling. And I'll say something like, um, good day. Would you be open to introducing yourself and allowing me to know who you are? I'd like to meet you. And I have not yet had one person say no. Each one of us has a desire for love and connection. It's fundamentally who and what we are. We were born and designed of love. Love itself seeks out love. It wants to connect. Like, like a, a beautiful um, flower blooming, it wants to share its beauty. We can do that through each other. We have to, honestly. And so I seek out a person and I seek out wanting to know them, wanting to hear them, wanting to see them, wanting to connect with them. And I've also found that the greatest stretch for myself in moving through any fear, anxiety, oh my God, what are they going to think about me? That's ego. That's not of love. The greatest stretch is to go toward those people or persons whose outward identity or positioning in our culture and our world would have my lower mind, my ego mind, say, they won't want to have a conversation with you, or you're in danger if you have a conversation with them, or they're going to want something from you if you have a conversation with them, or they're going to see you as fill in the blank, right? So it takes courage, and courage takes energy, and energy takes love. So love begets love, right? So maybe this will be a practice for you, that not only do you start to see everything through the filter and the understanding that love is, that's it. Everything, 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 everything is of love. Everything is of love. The material world, we would not have the material things if they did not first originate in love. Love can originate as a creative spark. Creative spark is love of the universe moving in and through the human mind to have that vision become something, right? Because we're all creators. We are of God. We are of it, right? So that's order number one, level number one, homework number one, whatever you want to call it, of to start to see things through a filter of love. Then the second thing, if you choose, is to create a daily practice of connecting with a stranger and to not fear it. <laughs> At one point, my mind was saying, that's crazy. I could see you doing it Monday through Friday. It's easier. You're out there in the world. There's people, you know, you come in contact with people, but Monday through Friday, eh, take the weekends off. I went, oh, no, if my mind's trying to negotiate with me, justify, frame it in some way, I know I have to go above and beyond that so that I have the experience of transformation. And I'm actually being dutiful to the possibility that the universe is speaking in and through me and says, hey, this is an invitation. Let's go for it. We're never alone. There's an amazing force that is with us. That is our partner. That is our guide. And as I've made this a daily habit, I am blown away all the time with the people I get to meet. I'm like, I can't wait for this day now. At the beginning, it was a little crazy. Maybe I won't find a stranger today. Oh, seriously? I live in Houston. There's people everywhere. <laughs> and then my mind said, um, when you go on vacation, you go to these remote places, you know, how are you going to find a stranger there? Trust me, there's still people everywhere. However, mind, lower mind. What I also know is that there's social media and I simply 
reach out and I say, hey, I want to connect with somebody I don't know today. Who would love to have a conversation? And I make sure it's through Zoom, not through the phone, so that I can see them. I want to see their eyeballs, right? I want to hear their voice. I want to see their body movements. It's, it's connection. So today in our little spark, I wanted to share that thought for us, right? That there's so much here on, on offer to, to feel and to know. Hopefully this has been something that has touched your soul and will um, flourish and bloom and move forward for you as well. Let me know what you think and what you've done and how it's changed you. You can always find me on social, Coach Tina Marie. <laughs> Just find Coach Tina Marie on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok. And uh, let's connect. I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to know you. You matter to me. Thank you again for your time. Simply know you are love and you are absolutely loved. Till next time. That was so energizing. I have takeaways that will help my life, and I'm sure you do too. To get show notes, bonuses, gifts for you from our guests, and more, head over to lightyourlifepodcast.com. And be sure to bookmark this podcast as one of your favorites. I am Tina Marie St. Cyr, founder of Bonfire Coaching and creator of the Bonfire Method. Thank you so much for being connected. Now, my homework for you summon the courage to light your life a little more and go make progress on your dreams today. The Light Your Life podcast is brought to you by Bonfire Coaching. Bonfire Coaching is a system of tools, methodologies, and strategies that help each individual rise above the mundane life that feels efforting where our mind will get stuck, have confusion, frustration, anger, fear, depression, anxiety, loneliness, and pain. And when we have that calling inside of ourselves for more in our life, where do we turn? We need professional sounding boards that are highly skilled in moving us out of our own way and helping us with strategies to overcome procrastination, hesitance, and that mind that'll hold us back. Bonfire Coaching has helped thousands of people across the globe find lives of fulfillment, success, movement, progress, love, joy, happiness, wonder, and aliveness. And we would love to talk to you. There's always available the complimentary consultation where you can sit with one of our coaches and we will help you dive into the strategies and the tools that we help so many people with. And you can see for yourself how powerful these tools are for you to transform your life. Simply go to bonfirecoaching.com and sign up today. We can't wait to meet you.